Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message from Norm Oberlin, pastor of Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will help strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy. And now, here is Pastor Norm. I had a completely different message prepared for today. In fact, it had to do with uh, stewardship. We've been trying to get through that. And the Holy Spirit got hold of me yesterday morning again, and he changed today's message. In fact, he changed just about everything about this service today. I'm thankful that I try to hear his voice. I, I am. And if you're a new person here, this is a church that believes in all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit being released because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, because He is still on the throne, because He is still not taking us home, we believe those gifts are needed. And we've heard some of those uh, in action. We've seen some of the prayer ministry gifts that have been evident here, but today I think we're going to see more than that, and I'll share a little bit more on that later. But I just wanted you to know that I was going to deviate from the message I had originally planned. That's not to mean that I'm a deviant, because I'm not. I am the deviator. God is going to do something special here today, and I, I sense that heaven is going to be brought to earth in some sense of that word. And you know, that is our challenge, isn't it? How did Jesus say to pray? Thy kingdom come, they will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. We are to bring the kingdom to wherever we're living, and we're going to do that here in just a little bit. Now, I'm sure that most of you had probably already heard of the tragedy that took place in Dallas on Friday. Five police officers shot, nine others wounded, and they were there to protect those who are representing Black Lives Matter. It was supposed to be a peaceful demonstration, but an ex-army sniper somehow got it in his heart that he needed to do something about the cop killings where the cops were killing the young black men. And in his heart, he justified taking out those police officers. My observation in the aftermath of this is that both good and bad has come from this tragedy. I saw many black people hugging the Dallas Police Department afterwards. But I've also read some of the blogs that are out there, and there's a lot of hatred being spread all over this nation. My title today, How Should the Church Respond? How Should We Respond? I share this today for one reason and one reason only. We are the light of the world. Black, brown, white, red, yellow, in God's eyes, we are all the same. Can I have you come up here, Clarence? Clarence has been with us 13 years you've been up here? 13. I love this brother. He's a... He's my friend. 
He's a loyal, I mean, this guy is so loyal, right, Pastor Roger? If, if there's worship going on and he doesn't have to go down state to be with family, he is right here in this place. Hallelujah. And I just want you to know that I see people no different because they're a different color. In fact, sometimes I'm challenged to love him even more because of that. Because I know that's how God wants the church to be. And brother Jerry, not to, not to separate you from this, I just got a hold of him first. Or, or I probably would have embarrassed you and brought you up here too. Let me tell you something. It's awesome. Skin color has nothing to do with the body of Christ. Right. Hallelujah. It's what's in here. And I know this man loved Jesus. And I know, I know he's a part of this church in ways that many aren't. And I just want to thank God for him that, that he's felt like this is his home. Thank so, you for being my pastor. I love you, man. Love you. Love comes naturally. Hate is learned. I found this on the website. I can't take credit for that. So whoever did that, I'm sorry if I borrowed it and didn't ask permission. I just saw it out there, and I just thought, how fitting... How fitting. Listen to me. The church cannot tolerate hatred any longer. We can't. We can't, or at least we should not participate in the mudslinging and the hate that's been spewed over the internet in places like Facebook and Twitter and all those other lovely mediums that we have out there today. And listen, it's liberals, it's conservatives, it's even Christians as well as non-Christians. They've all been doing it. If, you, if you're on Facebook or you do Twitter, you know what I'm talking about. It's been an ugly place out there lately. And probably, like you, I'm angry. But my anger is a righteous anger. I'm not mad as hell at those who feel they've been singled out because their skin, skin color is different. I'm mad at hell for the lies that Satan has been spreading ever since man was sent out of the Garden of Eden. That's what I'm mad at. That's what I'm angry about. And God's intention is that we get along as people. Satan's is that we devour each other. Let me ask you this, church. Who's been winning? It's time that we turn the tables and as a church, it is our responsibility to lead the way and to show the world how they should behave, especially during crises like this one. If young black men have been singled out and harmed simply because of their skin color, then justice needs to prevail. It does. But I'm also aware that only a small percentage of the 600,000 that call themselves police officers that interact with the over 300 million people, citizens of this country, I'm well aware that only a very small percentage, and I'm talking like less than half a percent, are bad cops. How is killing good cops serving any purpose? And I'm not going to pretend to understand all of this. 
But the one thing I know, we have to do our part. Here in Gaylord, even though we may not live in Dallas, we may not live in Los Angeles, we may not live in Pittsburgh or any of these other bigger cities that are experiencing this kind of back and forth hatred, but if we don't do our part, we're no better than any of those who are using poor judgment and hateful decisions. Would you stand with me as we open with prayer? Heavenly Father, I am so grateful that you have called us today to gather in Jesus' name, and I trust that you are here. I pray today, we pray together, Lord, that heaven would come on earth, that we would have the purpose of God so strongly within our hearts today that we wouldn't be able to shake it, we wouldn't be able to just walk out of here today unchanged, but rather that you even now would get a hold of our hearts, till up those hard hearts, make them soft to receive from you. And Lord, I pray by the end of this morning, this church is going to respond in right fashion, in righteous fashion, that we are going to know what you expect of us and we're going to pray accordingly. And Lord, I trust and trust this whole message, the prayer time, and even the, how we close this service today, I, I put it all into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, now you can sit down. How should the church respond? First, we have to lead by our example. There are too many camps out there that feel it's okay to get even or even to kill our enemies. Yes, I believe we have the right to defend our families. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But our goal should never be to get even or to wipe out those who are against us. Love covers a multitude of sins. If God had judged us in our sins, we'd all be dead today. But he didn't. He loved us enough to forgive us of our sins even before we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We are to love our enemies just as Jesus loved us. Whether that enemy is real or perceived, we still need to love them. Jesus commanded that. Amen? Today I wanted to read from the book of Ephesians chapter 5. I'm actually going to be looking at three different passages, but I'm going to start with Ephesians 5. And here Paul was under house arrest. For what? For speaking the truth. <laughs> How many think that it's getting close? It's getting close. We're there. You could be arrested in another six months for speaking the truth in love. But Paul felt that he needed to address the Ephesians. And these people lived in a, a, a city at the time that was, it was thriving. It was prosperous. They were on an important harbor at the end of an Asian uh, delivery route. And because of that, they were strategically located, and many good things were happening for them. But they also had false gods there. In fact, the god Diana was set up right in the middle of this community. And it, along with it, it had male and female prostitutes that were out there vying for everybody's attention and time. And, oh, come and see me. You'll feel so much closer to her. And they would use sex as a means to draw people in. Sin was rampant. Is that any different than today? 
Beginning with verse 6, chapter 5, Ephesians, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in these things that these people do. For once you were full of darkness, hear this part, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have the light from the Lord. So live as people of the Lord. Can you read verse 8 with me? For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord, so live as people of the light. For with this light when you, within you produces only what is good and right and true. Verse 10, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. This is something we often just kind of skim over. Determine what pleases the Lord. How many of you know what pleases the Lord? How many of you don't raise your hand ignore that? Even though you know what you should be doing, you don't do it. You go after the flesh, you allow the flesh to dominate. We need to be careful with this. Determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is our job to show the world what's right and what's wrong. And we can't slink back, of it, back from it just because people don't agree with us. If it's in the Bible, it's God's truth, and we need to let them know that. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you the light. Now I believe this last little passage, or this last little part of this verse. Awake, O sleeper. That's the church. Awake, O sleeper. Look at your neighbor and say, Awake, O sleeper. We've been sleeping way too long. Hallelujah. And it's time that we awoke and that God, who has put that light in us, will shine it bright so that this world will see what the church is really supposed to look like. We don't like these kind of passages. In, in the Bible, in the, uh, right, the, the subheading here is living by the Spirit's power. That's what's over this one. I didn't include it. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. So again, we are right there. It's as though Paul were right here with us, and he knew what was going on. We're living in the same kind of environment that he was. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Hallelujah. It's not for yesterday. It didn't end with the apostolic age. God intended the Holy Spirit to fill us today, to empower us today, to do the things that only He can do through us today. Hallelujah. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. Some of us do that better than others. But all of us should practice this. You know, just the other day I was praying and I just, all of a sudden I started just singing this 
stupid song, and I realized I was doing this. I was doing it. I was like, hallelujah. I'm doing what God commanded me to do, making music to the Lord in my heart. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus. So how should we live? Yeah. As followers of Christ, we should be behaving better than they are. We need to see this day for what it is. It's an attack on humanity. And it's being led by our arch enemy. So often we put human faces to these enemies. We should not. They are people. They have souls. And God wants them with Him. We need to look at ways, look for ways to reach them. To reach the lost. We need to make the most out of every opportunity in these last evil days, as Paul was saying. But no matter what may come at us, our chief goal is to keep our cool and try to live at peace with our neighbors. Hear this. Let us place more emphasis on the need for God and less emphasis on the need for revenge. Is that a truth? You didn't sound very convinced when you saw it pop up there. Place more emphasis on our need for God and less on revenge or being right. That's better. And I know when we were praying earlier, Pastor Roger said this, that sometimes this needs to happen first in the church. How many times have you come in here thinking that everything needed to go your way and you were ticked because it didn't? That's wrong, brother. That's wrong, sister. It is. We need to get along. We are the salt of the earth. And if we lose that saltiness, what good is it? There's nothing left to flavor the rest of the people. God has called us to be the light, and we need to begin right here in the house of God. So if you're not doing that, then step up to the plate and start doing things God's way, not your own way. Hallelujah. May our enemies see the church as light and not just another element of darkness. May we represent hope instead of despair. And I trust that God's going to do just that. So how do we keep from letting our feelings get in the way of letting our light shine? I know only one way, and that's to involve Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our Master, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Prince of peace. When we bring him into whatever situation we're facing, it will change for the good. Hallelujah. And know this, God really does care. There are many out there today that, say, that they're saying, no, nah, he doesn't care. Yes, he does. And he's looking at you and me, his people, to make the difference. I want to go back to the Old Testament for a minute. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Many of you already know where I'm going. By the way, I'm reading from the New Living Testament if you didn't figure that out already. 2 Chronicles 7, beginning with verse 11. And, and God is speaking to Solomon after he had completed the temple. And I'm going to have this up behind me if, if you would like to read from there. So Solomon finished the temple of the Lord as well as the royal palace. He completed everything he had planned to do in the construction of the temple and the palace. Then one night the Lord appeared to Solomon 
And this is what he said. I have heard your prayer. His what? I have heard your prayer, the Lord said, and have chosen this temple as the place for making sacrifices. At times, I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls or command grasshoppers to devour your crops or send plagues among you. How many know those are not good things? God will do what he has to do to get our attention. And my prayer has changed lately. It used to be, Lord, bless us. Bless us, oh God, with more wealth so we can do more. Bless this nation, oh God. But you know what I've been praying lately? Lord, if we need to be adjusted, if we need to feel the pain in order to get our eyes off of this world and onto you, so be it. It's time. There are people who are dying and going to hell because they have their eyes stuck on the money, stuck on the pleasures, stuck on what am I going to get out of this? God said, there are times I'm going to send things to shake you up. My paraphrase. Verse 14, and this is where most of you will go, ah, that's where he's going. Then if my people, say that's me. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. That's flat out good news. I don't care how you look at it. God cares. But we have a part in this. There is a reciprocal thing, and I was going to share this actually in my next message, of talking about how we give, we get it back. The way we live our life, if we plant good seed, we're going to get good seed. If we plant bad seed, we're going to get bad seed. We're going to reap what we've sown, but that's not where I'm going today. I'm just telling you that if we catch this, if we begin to pray as God has called us to pray, if we humble ourselves and say, God, I know I've failed, but I know you can do all things through me, and I want to commit my life to you, put my hands in your hands, O potter, and use me as you see fit. God can change the very world that we're living in today. But you've got to humble yourselves. You've got to stop saying, I can do it myself, because you can't. The Lord goes on, my eyes will be open, my ears attentive to every prayer made in this place. For I have chosen this temple and set it apart to be holy. In a place where my name will be honored forever, I will always watch over it, for it is dear to my heart. Well, pastor, God's talking about the temple of Solomon. Let me share some good news with you folks. In the Old Testament, it was the temple. Today, in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, we are the temple. Hallelujah! And if you're new to this church, it isn't always like this, but it is sometimes. And I believe that God gave me this word yesterday. I could not shake it. I tried. I wanted to go with my other one. It would have been more fun. 
But the Lord challenged me. He said, will you stand in the gap? Will you? And I had to say, Lord, use me. If this is where you want us to go. If you are called by His name, hear this, you are one of God's chosen people. Placed strategically in this world to bring a good change. You're not where you're at by accident. Somebody didn't flub up. You are exactly where God wants you to be, and you need to start doing His will right where you're at. And I believe that's one of the bigger reasons that we're seeing all this stuff unwind around our nation because the church has remained inside its walls. Because in the workplace, we've been silent. In the schools, we've been silent. People don't even know that they're Christian. I heard somebody say this the other day. I went to this event. I saw a teacher I had 10 years ago, and I didn't even know she was a Christian. God help us. Let the light shine. Don't hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Nah, anyway. We are here to represent God's kingdom on earth. Jesus did that. He showed the way. He said, all right, follow me. Pick up your cross. Follow me. It isn't going to be easy. In fact, count the costs. Who Who's a, uh, whoever's in construction, before they build a house, what are they going to do? They're going to make sure they have enough money. They're going to make sure they have enough materials. They're going to make sure they have enough laborers. They're not going to jump into this easily. And that's what Jesus is saying to us. Look, Christian, you called by my name. You need to count the costs. That wasn't in my notes. And just as Jesus intercedes for us, we are to stand in the gap and intercede for the lost, for our nation, for those who are confused, for those who are misled, for those who are hurt. There are many hurting and confused people in this country. Would you agree with that? But we can see that turn. You know, God can turn situations around that were intended for harm. He can make them good again if we will let him. That's our part. We will see that turn according to first, Second Chronicles 7. We will see that if we just allow God to use us. If we start doing things His way. So I want to go back to this. Let me ask you, how many are called by His name? Are we? Not everybody raised their hand, though. I don't know what that means. <laughs> How many are called by his name? Most of us. Some didn't. I appreciate your honesty. How many of you are humble? You have to be humble in order to receive from God. Because too often, pride rises up and says, yeah, you can have this area, Lord, but not this one how we are you aren't 
the kind of person that seeks retribution, revenge, whatever you want to call it. That's being humble. Amen? How many of you are praying? Let me take that to the next step. How many of you are praying for this nation? Okay. Some of the hands going up. You'd be getting exercise if you raised your hand. How many are inviting God into your daily life? Once again, the Lord doesn't want you part of the time. He doesn't want you to want Him part of the time. It's a 100% full out, I give you all, you can have all of me kind of a thing. And last but not least, we need to repent. We need to turn from those things that keep us from God's best and run to the things that will improve us and help us to become that person of God He wants us to be. That's what it means to repent. Run to your daddy. Run to the heavenly father. Tell him, I'm sorry that I've done this, I've done that. Look for ways to repent for your neighbors and the sins of the fathers, etc., etc. And that's what we're going to be doing here shortly. God told Solomon that he was going to set them apart from the rest of the world. That's actually what the word anointing means, to be set apart. And God is anointing us to do greater and bigger things as his people. He wants to use us in ways we've never dreamt possible. We have been reserved for greatness. And I believe that time is now. Hallelujah. I want to read again from 1 Peter 2.9, and then I'm going to begin to close. But you are not like that. You're not like the rest of the world, okay? You are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal, you are royal priests, or some translations say royal priesthood. Look at your neighbor and say, we are a royal priesthood. This is true. Harry, we are a royal priesthood. Hallelujah! God's very own possession. <laughs> that should supercharge your faith right there. God possesses us. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for He called you out of the darkness and into His wonderful light. It is our duty as God's chosen people to let our light shine in those dark places. We are a royal priesthood, a holy people. And as such, if we are willing to get on our faces before the Lord and intercede for our country and invite God's mighty hand to move upon our land, just one more time, Lord. How many were at camp? Just one more time, Lord. Just one more time. I believe he will. I believe he will. Well, pastor, can it really be that simple? I believe it can. If you're called by his name, if you'll humble yourself, if you'll pray, if you'll seek his face and turn from your wicked ways, he will hear your prayers. He will answer them and he will heal the land.
today I'd like to pray. And, and uh, Mac, would you just go over and get the kids? Tell them we're ready for them. We're going to pray. I, I asked Tony if he'd bring them over. I want everybody to pray. I want everybody to be a part of this. We're going to, just a minute, we're going to turn on some music. Uh, music that was made or, or created for events like this where we just want something melodic in the background so we can hear from God. It'll kind of help drown out everything around us. And let me just say this. If you really don't feel like this is where you're supposed to be as far as praying with us, then it, when I'm finished here, you'll be uh, free to, of course, go if you'd like. But I'm hoping everybody stays. Yeah, I'm putting that pressure on. I hope everybody stays. Because I believe that where one can put a 1,000 to flight and two 10,000, imagine what 200 can do. Especially if we're living by this. Now, Tuesday night, and I'm going to have this thing here for those who are inclined. Tuesday night, we have been experiencing a real move of God in this place. The prophetic ministries headed up by Julie Ariema and Sandy Mazel, and uh, well, anyway, those two right now, they have been bringing, those who have felt the, the gift of prophecy in their life, they've been bringing them together and letting them practice. Tuesday night, Pastor Barb and I went in there after the board meeting. The whole board went in there, but after the board meeting, we all went in there. and I'm telling you what, I heard from the Lord. It was confirmed. And God is using these people. And so what I've asked of them today, and, and I already have two that have come to me and said, yes, I felt like the Lord's already spoken through me. And one who wasn't part of Tuesday night, and that's Tony, Brother Tony, he felt like he had a word from the Lord before the service, and I told him, park that thought just for a minute. Hang on to that, because when we start to pray, I want you to come up, and I want you to share what God has shared with you. So in just a minute, he's also going to come up here and uh, share what the Lord's been speaking to him. And I believe it's for us. So here's the thing. We're going to start the music. And if you feel inclined to come up and make an altar, or wherever you're at, you can pray in your own seats. But I want to begin to pray for this nation. Some of it will be using the microphone. At other times, it's just going to be you and God. Kind of a scary place, but you can do it. And I'm going to ask you to do this. If you're a Christian, humble yourself. Where you're at, ask Him, Lord, help me to see who I am in Christ. And if there's something holding me back, Lord, help me to see that so that I can ask You to forgive me of it and wash it from me through the blood of the Lamb. Forgive me, Lord. Repent of your sins, in other words, okay? Pretty easy to do. And then start seeking His face. And I believe that as we pray today, as we stand in unison, that God is going to change the very nature of our nation. And listen, I know we're not the only ones doing this today. I'm believing that God has been speaking to a whole bunch of pastors all over this country. And I know for a fact that yesterday, a whole bunch of prophets got together. And I don't know who they are personally, but I read this on one of their blogs that they got together yesterday at noon and they devoted that hour yesterday to seeking God and getting on their face and praying for this nation. 
Let's do the same here this morning, and we'll just let the Holy Spirit move. As I said, when we're finished today, I believe we're going to see some awesome things happening. You may need personal prayer. I believe God's going to meet some of you right where you're at, but I wanted to close with this. Isaiah 60, and this was actually a devotion my wife sent to me this morning and said, I don't know if this has anything to do with your message, but I really felt like you needed to see it. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is all over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. I believe that this is what we're going to see if we don't give up. If we remain steadfast in our faith and prayers for this country, it looks like we've lost, but we have not. So let's take this time, will you? And, and could I have Brother Tony come on up here first? And then I know Connie had a word, too, if, if she would come and just share that word. And Okay. Uh, the word that the Lord gave me was in Nehemiah. Um, and it was actually the whole first chapter, but I'll just read the part that uh, I really think it applies to me. It was in the month of, it's verse 1 and 2. It was in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, and I was in the citadel of Susa. Uh, Hananiah, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. And then in 3 it says, They said to me, Those who have survived the exile and are back in the, pro in the province are uh, in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and the gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For many days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And then I said, and then he goes and he prays about what, what needs to happen. But what, what took me was he, he began to weep because of the destruction in Jerusalem and about the people. And, and I, folks, that's where we are today. Our world is destructed. Our walls are down. And as I was praying about that in worship this morning, the Lord just gave me a picture, and sometimes he does that, of our church and of our families around the wall. There's like a wall around our church, and we were working. We were working with one hand, with a weapon in the other, because we got to protect ourselves. And God... When, when, when this all went down, the picture that came to mind was when, when Nehemiah started setting uh, the wall up, he took it family by family, and he said, I want you to work on this gate. I want you to work on you and your family work on this part. You and your family work on this part. You and your family. And that's how he did it. This is our Nehemiah. And he needs us to get to our part of the wall. We need to pray. We need to fast, and we need to believe that God is going to move Amen. at Mount Hope Church. <laughs> that's, what, that's what he gave me. Amen. God Amen. bless. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Tony. Hey, I want to thank the children for coming back in here, too. I know it might have disrupted your morning, but I really felt like 
You're supposed to watch your parents and the leaders of this church pray, but also I believe God hears your prayers just as much, if not sometimes more so. So I want you young people to be praying for our country too and for our families and so on. Connie, would you please come and just share that, that word that God had given you, and then we're going to just start to pray. God gave me a word this week that there's a shaking there's a shaking in the spiritual realm, and there's a shaking, there's a shaking, there's a shaking. And he said, you need to get down on your knees. You need to come to the altar, and you need to repent for this nation. And as Pastor Tony said, there was a confirmation for me from his word. There's repenting, there's fasting, and praying. And you need to come as a nation and come up here and pray. And repent. Hallelujah. Woo. We pray you enjoyed this message from Pastor Norm Oberlin. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at GaylorChurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week.